0: We are in a series of messages titled Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And we began this series five weeks ago, and we're walking our way through the book of Acts. <clears throat> and this is the verse that frames the series Matthew chapter 16. And I'm using the message paraphrase. I, I will put together, Jesus said, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out I love that phrase so expansive with energy and what that tells me is that the Church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable and here is a phrase that we began and I think it began with it I think is important to repeat the church is unrelenting there's nothing that will overcome it there's nothing that will stop its advance it's unstoppable. I love the fact that the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. But I also wonder, is there, I wonder, is there something, is there something <clears throat> that might produce in us the same unstoppable dynamic? Think about that for a moment. Is there something available to you and to me that would, that would create within us the same unstoppable dynamic? The short answer is Yes, there is. And we're going to talk about that this morning. In fact, over a number of weeks throughout the study of the book of Acts, we are going to be coming back to this very same topic. We're talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In 2017, we began something that we called, uh, at that point, it was, I don't remember, um, I don't remember what we called it at that point. Let me say it that way. You asked for it. That's what it was. You asked for it. We, turn, we turned that series in September to Curious, God's Answers to Your Curious Questions. And in 2017, when we posed the various questions, we got all of these responses back. One of the biggest responses, both in 2017 and in 2018, was on the Holy Spirit. Help me understand. The the, the power of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works within our lives. And it told me something that I think many of us, if not all of us, really have a question regarding. And it's this. We really do want to understand the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I think sometimes we just don't know how to get there. We don't know what to do with it. And my hope today is is I'll be able to answer a few questions. Am I going to be able to answer every question? I'm going to be able to deal with everything. No, it's not possible. It's too large. It's too broad of a topic. But what I do hope is that we can walk through Acts chapter two in a way that will be very helpful. It will also not only be helpful, but it will spark something in us that will continue beyond today and for many days, weeks, months, and years to come. That's my hope. So are we good with that? All right. That was really... It was there. It was there. That's all I'll say. It was there. Read with me if you would. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as a spirit enabled them. Father, thank you for your word and I pray that you'll speak life to us today in Jesus name. Amen. Five questions that I want to talk about. Five questions. The first question is this. What is Pentecost? What is Pentecost? Now that's it's pretty it just means 50. That's what it means. It means 50th. Now it is connected to the Old Testament <clears throat> feasts of uh, of Israel. It was one of the three um, feasts that they would celebrate <clears throat> and they would journey to Jerusalem. Pentecost was one of those 50 days after Passover. So when Passover occurred, there would be a sabbath after Passover and there would be 50 days. That's what it is. Pentecost, it means 50th. Now, what is interesting is there's a word connected to Pentecost, the word Pentecost that I think is Run right on kind of on the t- maybe tip of our of our thinking and it's this Pentecostal okay so Pentecost Pentecostal when you are considered to be Pentecostal you are then you embrace an expression of what happened at Pentecost and that is an immense topic but a topic that is incredibly important you see when you talk about Pentecost it refers to those who embrace the gifts the expressions of the Holy Spirit, of a Holy Spirit-empowered life. What the first century, what the first century church lived and experienced, we live and experience today. That is really important for us to understand. What they lived and experienced, we live and experience. As a person who considers themselves Pentecostal, here's here's what I want you to understand. I, I've mentioned this before. We read this book, we read the scriptures in the present tense not just as something of history, of of day gone by, but it is present among us and working among us. And I'm grateful today, too, to be a third generation Pentecostal. And what I mean by that is that my parents were and my grandparents were. When I look back at that, I'm grateful for that heritage. And, And I'm not at all ashamed to say I'm a Pentecostal. That's who I am. I'm bent that way. I'm bent that way. That's the way I'm going to live my life. That's who I am. I am not at all ashamed of that. I am proud to be a Pentecostal. I'm grateful for that. I'm excited about that and all that it means. I'm proud of my heritage. And while there are some terribly unfortunate things that have been connected to the the misuse and the abuse of the spirit-led life, I'm still proud to be who I am. I'm proud to be a part of something so dynamic and powerful. And really, I have thought so much about this over the last few weeks, and it'll it'll continue to consume me. How can we really? Uh, here's, here's the question I keep asking me, Lord, how can we have a, a real vital understanding and expression of the Holy Spirit as it was on the day of Pentecost in 2021? I wonder sometimes if we really understand the value of it and how important it is to our lives. How can I communicate this to a generation so much younger than me? How can can we become so dynamically infused with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that literally everything around us changes? It just is a question. I wouldn't say it haunts me, but it certainly just overwhelms me. And I want to, my hope is, is that I can communicate this to you that in a way that is, is exciting, encouraging, and also one that is challenging. Second question, what does it mean that they were all together in one place? Now that is kind of a, why would you ask that question, Gary? What what is that all about? Well, first of all, there's two things. The first is this, they were together in one place. You say, well, that's kind of ridiculous. No, it really isn't. It really isn't. Well, it sounds ridiculous. The point is that they were together. Now, hear me. This was probably in a house somewhere they had gathered. Uh, many believe it was an upper room, it was a place where they had gathered together. And maybe reflecting over the last 50 days since, since you know, the Passover is happening and Jesus has ascended, I'm sure that they're kind of still walking this process out and trying to understand everything that occurred. And, but here's what I want to stress this morning. I cannot stress how important it is for us to be together in this place. I'm going to say it again how important it is for us to be together in this place. If you, if you think about this for just a moment, <clears throat> after Jesus was resurrected, about 500 people saw Jesus in some form or fashion, in some, in some regards, okay? By the time 40 days had passed, 50 days had passed, after that 10-day period, and then he ascends, and now there's another 40-day period. In that 40-day period, it went from 500 to 120 approximately. There are 380 people that have somehow disappeared into the fabric of their community. And now on the day of Pentecost, something amazing happens, and 380 people miss out on what God was doing. Don't tell me that being together is not important. Do not tell me that when we gather together, that this is something that's just, it's just routine. It's just something we do. No, I want to tell you something. When we gather together in the name of Jesus, something powerful is on the doorstep of our lives. And I want every one of us to experience all that God has for us. That's why I keep continuing to push this, this, this narrative, be in the house of the Lord because you do not know what God will do when you are in the presence of the company of the righteous. God does something dynamic in this place. The second thing is that they were in unity. They were in unity. That's all. They were all together in one place. The King James would say it this way. They were in one accord. They were in one accord. They were together in unity. And... Don't underestimate the value of unity in the family of God. Now, one of the things we need to understand unity is not uniformity. It's not that we all just, you know, we all wear little green suits and we all, you know, no, that's not what we're talking about. It's not uniformity, it's unity. There's a unity of purpose, there's a unity of understanding, there's a unity of, of, of belief. There's a unity of desire for the things of God. And in that environment, I believe that unity, ready? Unity creates opportunity. Unity creates opportunity. And when we are in this place and we are one, we are in one accord in this place, God is ready to do something in your life and in mine as we open our hearts to him. It creates opportunity And I cannot stress it enough how good and pleasant Psalm 133 verse 1 says it is when God's people live together in unity. And we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit being directly related to the church of Jesus Christ being in unity. Interestingly enough, John 17, I I encourage you to go and read it. John 17, Jesus prays his, his great pastoral prayer. I pray that they would be one even as you and I are one. Think about it. Yeah. And out of that is an is the opportunity that the 120 experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that unity unlocks the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The third question. There are sounds, there are sounds, fire and there are sounds, and there is fire, then there is speaking in other tongues. What do these signs mean? The significance of the signs, in, in many respects, reinforces biblical symbols of the Holy Spirit's presence in the world. In, in other, in, both in Hebrew and Greek, you have words for spirit and breath that are connected to this passage. So these symbols indicate the presence of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice that there is a sound like a blowing of a violent wind from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, it does not say the wind blew. It says there was a sound of a blowing wind. And the, the sound is actually referenced in two different ways in the original language. It's the roar of the sea. You know what that sounds like if you've been to the beach? There's something amazing about the waves crashing the roar of the sea but it's also the whirring whirring of a tornado. So I have not been in a tornado, gratefully say, is so, but the sound I have heard is is pretty crazy from what those have who have experienced it have told me or I that I've read. And then you might recall this John the Baptist said in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered the question by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming who is greater than than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. 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 So here you have a fulfillment of what John the Baptist predicted. The fire of God. And the purifying presence of the Lord in the house where they were meeting. This was... Can we just admit that had to be spectacular? Can, being in that house and experiencing the sound, can I can I know exactly what I would do if I'd been in the place and I'd have heard the sound? What I'd have been doing? I look around. Where's that? Where's where's that coming from? Right? And then what happens? Then they see this this fire appear in their midst. And some commentators believe that it it would come together and then it would separate out of where the presence of God was and begin to settle upon each person's head. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Spectacular, incredible, and I would even say supernatural. What we're experiencing is a sovereign act. Then they spoke in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were both filled with the Holy Spirit and and they spoke in a language they had not learned. Again, spectacular, supernatural. This is a sovereign act of God and the fulfillment of Jesus' promise to baptize his followers with the Holy Spirit. This experience, what what is happening on the day of Pentecost, is subsequent to their conversion. It's evidenced initially by them speaking in a language they had not learned. And I believe it results, are you ready? I believe it results in an unstoppable life in every dimension. You see, I do believe that there is the unstoppable, that there is a a life available to you and to me that is unstoppable. And God has made a provision for that. He has made this available to us if we are willing to enter in to what God has for us. There was a great pioneer of uh, of Pentecost. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. I love that name. I've always loved that name, Smith Wigglesworth. You've got to do something significant with a name like Wigglesworth, wouldn't you think? Well, he did. It's a pioneer of Pentecost. This is what he said. This is so good. Pentecost came with the sound of a mighty rushing wind, a violent blast from heaven. Heaven has not exhausted its blasts. Oh, I love that. But our danger is we're getting frightened of them. We should not be frightened of what God does supernaturally among us. We should embrace what God does and allow his presence to fill us from head to foot and to experience all that God has for us. It may be a very real possibility that we don't live the unstoppable life out of fear or misunderstanding or both, but the abundant and full life that Christ has made available to you and for me is all wrapped up in the infilling and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on your life and on mine. One more thought. Jesus was fulfilling the promise he made to his disciples that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember what he said in Acts chapter one and verse number five. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, here it is. And just so that we are absolutely clear, Jesus has always and will always keep his promises. What he said he will do. 2 Corinthians one for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes amen amen number four. Fourth question is this expression of the holy spirit legitimate <clears throat> can i experience what the 120 experienced again the short answer is yes yes on the day of pentecost there were many who were taken aback of what was happening look at this acts chapter 2 verse 5 now there were staying in jerusalem god-fearing jews from every nation under heaven when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Some however made fun of them and, and said they have had too much wine. You notice that they were bewildered, they were perplexed, they were utterly amazed. Some even mocked those who were experiencing what was happening. Now, understand something. I have been raised, I told you I was a third generation Pentecostal. I have seen the the misuse. I've seen the abuse. I have heard the mocking. I've heard the ridicule. I've heard the perplexing. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And I'm sure before I leave this life, I'll hear a whole bunch more. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because God is at work doing something significant and supernatural. But I do believe... That, I I know this for a fact, there are those today who believe that what occurred on the day of Pentecost was only for the first century. There are those who mock the supernatural. There are those who have had encounters that were odd, strange, and bizarre, that have pushed them away from anything that even remotely resembles a Pentecostal expression. And others who were told this was not of God at all. It's all out there. It's all out there. And growing up as I did, I just, I just have to reiterate this to you. I am bent this way. This is the way I am. And this is really what I hope that each one of us will enter into. That we will open up our hearts, that we will put aside some of those, the preconceptions that maybe you have heard over the years and just open yourself up to God. Don't open yourself up to me, open yourself up to God. And a prayer would be just like this. God, what does this mean? Is this legitimate for me? The answer is yes. And honestly, a prayer for all of us would be, God, I want everything you have for me. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Not to just say it's got to be this, or it's got to be this, and it's got to be this. No. Lord, whatever you have for me, I am open, I'm ready, and I'm available to receive what you have available for me. You know my hope is, is that I live it, I believe it. I, I know I believe it, I live it, I proclaim it. And, and yes, I have witnessed bizarre things in the name of Pentecost. I will tell you I, could tell you, I could tell you some stories. However, I'm convinced along with John Stott. Here's what John Stott said. There can be no life without the life giver, no understanding without the spirit of truth, no fellowship without the unity of the spirit, no Christ likeness of character apart from his fruit, no effective witness without his power, as a body without breath, is a corpse, so the church without the spirit is dead. And I desire that Crossroads Church is alive in the spirit of God and that the dynamic power that he has available for us is in us, through us, and impacting this community <clears throat> for the glory of God, for the glory of God. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, inquiring minds want to know, okay? I truly believe that all of us have a desire to have an unstoppable life. And if we could just go around the room and ask that question, I think all of us would say, yeah, absolutely. I want to have an unstoppable life. And so if we have questions, if we're confused, if we need more information about all that I'm discussing this morning, ask, ask. Edward Hodnett, I don't know who Edward Hodnett is, and that really doesn't matter, but boy, he said something profound. Are you ready for this? He says, if you don't ask the right questions, you don't get the right answers. A question asked in the right way often points to its own answer. Asking questions, thank you, Chris. Asking questions is the ABC diagnosis, only the inquiring mind solves problems. You've got to ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. And I believe that we will find the right answers. Absolutely convinced. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 8. You know, I I love this. Not only do we have to ask the right people, but listen, we also got to pray. Listen to what Jesus said. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It is available to us if we ask. The fifth question, and finally... So in light of all of this, what do we do? What do we do? Read a, la- a rather lengthy passage of scripture, but it's important for us to hear it. Because this is what Peter did. When Peter was asked the question on the day of Pentecost, all of this had happened. These people are saying, what's going on? We hear them talking in a language that they've not learned. They're expressing the praises of God. And Peter gets up and he says, I'm going to tell you what it means. Now listen to how he says it. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This The promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Powerful. Peter did a brilliant job of explaining what happened. He connected it to an Old Testament prophecy. In this is what's happening. This is what's going on. And out of that, what happened? The people said, what do we do? What do we do? In light of all of this, what are we do? And it's the same question for us. In light of everything, what do we do? The first thing is we need to acknowledge that Jesus, that it is Jesus at the center of this entire conversation. When we are When we are desiring and believing for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are literally focusing our attention upon Jesus. He is the baptizer. We are not focusing on a gift. We are focusing on the one who gives that gift to us, which is Jesus. He baptizes us, and Jesus must be the center of every conversation, including this one. Understand. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than an experience. It is an encounter with Jesus Christ. The message that Peter preached was all about Jesus. Jesus makes the unstoppable life possible. His death, his resurrection, his exaltation provides for us the opportunity to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus said, I've got to go away so the comforter can come. And when he comes, you're going to do greater things than I've ever done. That's exactly what this is all about we used to sing this song at camp when i was a when i was a little little younger when i was a little younger i want more of jesus more and more and more i want more of jesus than i ever had before i want more of his great love so rich and full and free i want more of jesus so i'll give him more of me that's simple that's what this is Jesus, I want more of you. Let me become less. Let you become greater in my life and pour out on my life everything you have for me. Doesn't Doesn't that sound appealing? The unstoppable life is literally at our fingertips if we will become less and allow him to become more, if we will keep him at the center of our conversation. And in all things, the second response is to be obedient, repent, be baptized, and receive everything that God has for you. That is so important. When Peter answers the question, they say, what do we do? This is what you do. This is what you do. You repent. You're obedient in baptism and then just receive what God has. And I believe it is so critical for us in the, to, to experience, to have the unstoppable life, is to be obedient. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, as bad as you are. <laughs> I love this. This is the, As bad as you are, Jesus says. You still know how to give good gifts to your children, but your heavenly father is even more ready to give the Holy Spirit to anyone who asks. Praise God, praise God. And then the last response is to accept that this promise is for you, It's to accept it. My desire for you is that you would receive all that God has for you. But the truth is, we may be of a mind to think it's not for me, it's for somebody else. No, it's for you. It's for me. In fact, we read this in Acts 239. The promise, hear this the promise is for you, those who are present, your children, yeah. and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord your God will call. This is for you. This is for me. Let today be the day that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Let today be the day of your Pentecost. The outcome? It's a changed outlook on life and behavior. It's greater passion for Christ, his word and his mission. It's an experience of the immediacy of God. I love that phrase, the immediacy of God. An intimacy with God in prayer that is unmatched. A love for people that is unparalleled. A heightened understanding of who God is. Increased faith. In other words, it's an unstoppable life. It's an unstoppable life. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people were enabled of the Holy Spirit to speak a language they had never learned. They were empowered to witness and to share share the gospel worldwide. Incredible, incredible. You see, what happened was a reversal of what took place thousands of years earlier at a place called Babel. In Genesis chapter 11 and verse number nine, uh, number one, excuse me, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain, the land of Babylonia, and settled there. They Began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous. Keep us from being scattered all over the world, all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united. The people are united. And they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building a city. That is why the city is called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused his people in different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Consider this. This Holy Spirit-infused, enabled speech produces in our yielded lives a life that is truly unstoppable in every way. Listen carefully. If nothing was impossible for those who were wicked and self-serving, when they were united and of same speech, how much more so will there be when those of us yielded to the Lord, allow him to overwhelm us and begin to give us a language that is simply godly. I believe what happens, the outcome is an unstoppable life. Nothing will be impossible for us, empowered of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray in these next few moments, you do something marvelous within us. In Jesus' name, amen.